Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Hey, this is the Headbangers Vault. This is the B1 Bomb. And I'm the Smuts. What's up, everyone? And tonight, Schmutz, we got a big guest. Huge. Star. And that would be a Mr. J.R. Richards. How are you doing, sir? What's up? I'm doing well, you guys. I'm doing well. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. I'm giddy like a schoolgirl right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, man. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Sure. So, Jared, could you tell us a little bit about yourself here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm calling you guys from the U.K. right now. That's where I live right now. But I'm originally from uh, Southern California and lead singer, songwriter, and band. You know, big thing came with cars, a lot of records. You know, and that was in the 90s and the early 2000s. And um, I did my last album with them in 2006. And I've been an independent artist ever since. Okay. Still doing the thing. So, JR, yeah. can you take us back to the beginning of your career and tell us how all this started? Yeah, of course. Where it was all about having a, you know, uh, you're going out and playing live, having, your, you know, an actual literal demo cassette tape. Right. You know, and, you know, we, we were playing it. You know, I grew up in Santa Barbara, which is just north of Los Angeles. So we obviously got a big rock scene mm-hmm. there. We were doing really well in Santa Barbara and had quite a following and a couple, you know, colleges and universities there. And then we just, you know, did the thing. We moved our way down to Los Angeles. And after about a year of playing down there, we ended up signing with uh, A&M Records. Awesome. Okay. So did you originally start playing a different instrument? Because I've heard you can play multiple instruments as well as sing. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I, I mean, obviously singing was probably the first thing I started doing, probably even before I could speak. But um, <laughs> so I started playing piano at age four, five, and did a movement to guitar. Started writing songs when I was nine, believe it or not. Awesome. Wow. And, That's awesome. Uh, I've, I've been studying opera, Italian opera technique, for about 30 years now. So, I read that. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, my teacher, he, I mean, he, he actually sadly just passed away last mm, year, but mm, um, he was also uh, he, he taught quite a few like yeah, Axl Rose and a lot of a lot of rock guys, oh, wow. um, okay. myself included. Even though you know it's an Italian opera thing, but it's a good way to be able to learn how to sing properly and go out, right. and, you know, yeah. scream your head off about it, just destroy yeah. your voice. Yeah, but since I've learned how to play drums and I mean I just in bass and play clarinet, saxophone, and trumpet. Wow. You're kind of like a modern-day Phil Collins a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully with a little more hair. <laughs> so did you start singing when you first got into the band scene, or were you playing drums or keyboards, or what were you doing? Yeah, I was playing mostly keyboards at first. And, you know, I mean, I was like the only white guy in a funk band for years. You know, was, was doing things like that, and... You know, playing like a lot of people. You know, growing up, you, you play in cover bands, and and I mean, I was in quite a few prog rock bands playing keyboards. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, just a little bit of everything. Because I, I love everything. I don't really, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of polkas. But other than that, <laughs> I think I generally, generally enjoy everything. When you did your album with Dishwalla, what was the recording process like for that time in the mid-90s? Yeah, I mean, that was still, you know, in that era where everything was analog. So, you know, recording with Dishwalla, I, I watched the evolution of things change from, you know, being on an old two-inch tape machine. Mm-hmm. Everything is basically captured live. You know, there's no auto-tune, there's none of that, you know, crazy top editing you can do nowadays. And uh, you know, that was our first album was like that. You know, we, we recorded it in uh, Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia and, and Constance, believe it or not, just outside of Philly. Yeah, I mean, it's good times. I mean, it was very old school in that way. Big, beautiful studio. And, which, you know, and we, were, we got really, we were quite good when we walked into the studio. We were just playing live so much that, you know, you could throw some mix up in front of us and, and we were going to sound pretty good. And then by the sixth album, there was no tape involved. You know, it was all recorded directly into the computer and it was trying to, you know, not over, you know, because now you've got this opportunity to overthink everything and right. make everything sound so, so perfect and tweak things that, you know, you're not you're just kind of creating a bad situation. Now, did you go to high school with the guys in the band or how did you guys all meet? Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to school with any of them, surprisingly. We all grew up in Santa Barbara, so, um, you know, we all knew of each other because uh, most of the guys in the band were, were playing for a long time, so I would see them in other bands and just became friendly with them, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had a recording studio at my house when I was really young, so some of those bands would come in and record, wow. and I'd, I'd help them do that. So I would just meet people, and then when you would start a project, it would be like, oh, gosh, you know, we need a bass player, and I'd be like, I've got five guys we can call right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That helps. So, <laughs> so that was really helpful. I mean, I would say that, you know, George, the, the original drummer for Dishwalla, because we've had a couple, George and I were playing in a prog rock band when we were like 11 or 12 years old. Oh, wow. That's how long I've known him. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was it like <laughs> when you guys went on tour for the first time with Dishwalla? Uh, it, it was awesome. I mean, in, in hindsight, it was a lot of work, but um, you know, we were having so much fun. I don't think you really thought about it. Right. Uh, right. You know, the scene that we had going was, we were one of the first bands that w- wasn't doing the kind of grunge thing that have, had been happening for years. We were, you know, more of a pop rock band, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. The grunge scene, it was kind of getting over by the time you guys were hitting the cities, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't write songs about, you know, hating life and wanting right. to off, <laughs> off stuff. So, you know, so we, did, we didn't really fit in within that whole thing. And, and, and because we kind of came in early on that, I know it was a bit of a, difficult thing because a lot of the rock stations were, were used to playing that. They were either playing, you know, more traditional rock stuff from the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. or they were playing grunge, but they weren't really playing this new kind of alternative mm-hmm. pop thing. Right. And so a lot of them were, were kind of hesitant to actually put us on the radio, you know, at, at first. And then once they did, you know, we ended up being number one on the on the chart, which was quite a surprise. That's awesome. Yes. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, you know, it was a little scary and touch and go there for a while because we weren't sure if people were going to like us or, you know, because obviously industry people were kind of freaked out about us being right. not really mm-hmm. fitting, you know, what was happening at the time. So who did you guys tour with quite a bit in the early days? Did you have any yeah. bands that were your favorites? 
Oh, a lot of really good bands. I mean, we, we toured with, uh, I mean, some of the bigger ones, obviously. We, we toured with, like, Tonic and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Better Than Ezra and uh, the Goo Goo Dolls Ooh. quite a bit. We toured with Sheryl Crow quite a bit, believe it or not. Okay. Um, and, gosh, I mean, like, Vertical Horizon. I mean, it was quite a few bands, and, and I, I know there's a list somewhere. And, you know, some, you know, a little less rock than we were and some a little more and you just we would just kind of tailor our what we did live just to kind of fit the situation okay. we would play some um some radio festivals that were pretty heavy you know where you're playing with some seriously heavy you know corn oh wow <laughs> playing wow. right after wow. wow what a matchup so, right yeah so you know it seemed a bit odd but we're both being played on the same station and we're both you know in the top 10 on that station and, and right. it's being requested so mm-hmm. You just kind of go with it. But, of course, we had some songs that were heavier than others. So we would kind of, you know, adjust our set to kind of fit mm-hmm. the, the situation. Sure. Yeah, Our, good. Uh, worked. What was your first thought when Counting Blue Cars went number one? What did you think about that? I mean, that kind of happened pretty quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it came out in 95. Mm-hmm. It hit number one in, I think, 96. That was a good year. Yeah. I mean, that, what was your that thought was on that? Year. You know, I don't think it ever really hit me. I mean, you know, we were so busy that year. I don't think I fully appreciated how amazing that was at mm-hmm. the time you know my day-to-day didn't really change i you know you'd, you'd be on a tour bus and you'd wake up in a different town and you'd go to a radio station <laughs> mm-hmm. and you'd play, play the song live answer the same questions and then go play <laughs> a show and because even though you know we started playing and the audiences would get bigger but i always assumed the audience work was bigger that night because of one of the other bands we were playing with not because of mm-hmm. us so mm-hmm. i mean I, I don't think that i ever really appreciated how well we were doing mm-hmm. it in the moment of course in, in hindsight i go well that was awesome yeah <laughs> right but, wow. i mean I, I just heard the song but, on the radio this week so i mean that's got to be an awesome yeah. feeling that it's lasted this you know, long. a lot of people write a song but it don't last on the radio for almost 30 years i mean that's it's pretty epic yeah that's pretty amazing it's become like a classic tune you know, yeah, in, in yeah. that way. So it, it'll always be played in on some format that's playing songs from that era. It's, you're right. That's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Yes, it is. You guys won a Billboard Music Award for that, didn't you? Yes, we did. I think it was December when they hold those awards. So okay. December of 96. I remember watching that, and you guys were performing that live. There's a lot of other bands that didn't perform live at that show. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny you say that. I mean, they were, gosh, probably... 30 plus bands that played live during that, you know, two hour show or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that only two, just us and Brooks and Dunn were the only bands that were actually playing live. Everybody else was just thinking. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's crazy. You guys beat out Metallica too. I think you're going to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That still blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I'm like, I love those guys. But sorry, I will. We'll take the win tonight. Oh yeah, heck yeah! <laughs> and plus, that load of crap stuff they put out back in the '90s wasn't very good either. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, true. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. That whole thing. Sure. The award. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's gonna be yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. Very, very cool. I know you guys had what one or two songs that was on Smallville and also on the American Pie soundtrack, right? I mean, that had to yep. help you out. Yep. It did. I mean, uh, we were really fortunate. Yeah, American Pie obviously was huge. I mean, that that album went gold almost immediately. 
so and you know we're actually songs in the movie you know towards mm-hmm. the end when they're having mm-hmm. a party at Stifler's mom's house that our song is the song it's playing <laughs> oh, that's you know, so blasting cool that is awesome the house at the party yeah crazy but yeah we've, we've been we've been fortunate to get a song on quite a few things o- over the years and that you know and that's a great way to reach fans in different countries that don't have that right. kind of exposure they would like in the states that's being playing played on radio in other countries, it doesn't really work that way. You know, you can't work a song at radio. It has to. It ends up being a little bit more organic because we would have a song on a on a you know like on Smallville, for example, was was massive in Peru, right? Oh wow! So people would would hear a song and they'd call the radio station and be like, "We heard this song. It's by this band called Dishwalla. The song's called Angels and Devils. Can you play it?" Mm. And so songs would become hits in those countries for that reason and in, wow. in that way. Mm-hmm. That's crazy how yeah. that works. Yeah. I remember watching yeah. Smallville, and all of a sudden, I heard you guys' song. I was like, "Wow, these guys got a new album out!" So I had to go out and buy yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you for doing that. You're you're very <laughs> totally welcome. I totally appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I watched Smallville. <laughs> I know. I'm glad you did too. Yeah, we weren't we weren't quite on the radio in the way that we were in the '90s at that at that point. Plus, you no, know, yeah, radio is tough these days. It doesn't doesn't have the same impact as it did in the mid. 90s it was radio was definitely king still right i I gotta say your later albums after the first album i mean there's a lot of good songs yes definitely i gotta say thank you for uh writing until i wake up yes that is our favorite song by you guys i love that that song song is so awesome was that ever planned to be a hit or on the radio at all jr you know that's a good good question that's probably in my point of view the best song i've ever written Oh, yeah, I love it. Yes. I, I got to admit, I cry at night. I, mean, I, I, I listened to it last night to get ready for this, and I was crying. I'm He's sorry. He's had many so. nights with that song. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I, and I hugely appreciate that. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, because I write a lot of songs, and a lot of them are pretty crap, but I write enough songs to where occasionally I get lucky, right? And it'll uh-huh. be a really good one. That one, uh, I lucked out on that one. But yeah thank you I, I i totally appreciate that it, it was i think that was on our second album that was supposed to be you know i think like the third single and mm-hmm. you know as they release songs mm-hmm. and unfortunately our label and in records that we were on they were parent company which was polygram whatever was bought and sold mm-hmm. to uh universal music so we were put on to interscope records along with u2 and uh-huh. eminem and a lot of other big artists it was a smaller label and during that time they're like well you know we just changed over and they froze all of the assets to kind of take an assessment of where the the company was yeah and they fired everybody so all the staff left there was no money to be spent so we just were we just released the album and we were dead in the water so that song unfortunately was never never that song should have have been been huge huge. that song should have been huge yeah yeah i know i i had major fantasies about that Planet. <laughs> it did not happen. I'll tell you what, another <laughs> song I love is "Every Little Thing," and that is oh, an awesome. awesome song, man. Oh. <laughs> you know, I love that. I love uh, wow. Nashville Skyline. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too. Yep, that's that, a good one. Yeah, that is an awesome song. Collide. Ease I mean, the moment. That's a good one. Uh, that's just all. Oh, I like you guys' choices. <laughs> Those are all just great songs. I mean, I I can yeah. just sit in my garage and drink a few beers and listen to those and. They have, you know, they've got a thing about them. You know, there's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. those ones had some good magic, you know, that went down when we recorded them. Yeah. Yeah. Not not every song realizes that. You know, again, I think uh, that second album, Until I Wake Up, was one of those songs that 
out of the whole album, that was the one where I remember walking away from recording on that going, this one has some magic. But, I, I know yes, it's going to yes. sound great on the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the other ones, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we, <laughs> we could have done better. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, so. You did awesome on that one. Yes. A <laughs> plus. Sure. Yeah, I know. We, we crushed it on that one. Did you guys break up for a while and get back together? Good question. Um, it's kind of complex. So the, mm-hmm. the band was, I mean, originally when we were signed, we were just four members, and then we added the keyboard. And I was playing all the keyboards on the album, that mm-hmm. first album, and then uh, the second album, because we'd hired a keyboard player to tour with us, Jim Wood, great guy, great keyboard player. So we, we added him to the band for the second album. And, uh, and then our drummer, first drummer, George, quit after that album. And uh, right before we did the uh, song for American Pie, we had a new drummer, this guy Pete Maloney, who's amazing. And so Pete did the American Pie thing. He did three albums with us after that. And, you know, by that, I think by our fifth album, I think, like, Scott, our bass player, who's the original bass player, he quit. And we went through three bass players. We had uh, Dan Lavery from Tonic was playing bass for us hmm. for a while. Okay, wow. And Yeah, I know, it was crazy. And then, uh, and then Pete quit. You know, we... We were kind of at a tough time. We've been playing together for 20 years. and Or sorry, no, I take that back. It was, you know, more like, gosh, be more like 12 years or something like that at that point. But, but a long time. Um, yeah, a <laughs> yeah, long, long time, long time. And our label had folded. And so we took a break. Although two of the guys had quit. So now we were down to just, you know, three of us left in the band uh, with no label. So, you know, at that point I decided to, cause I've been writing songs my whole life. I just kept writing songs. So I, and I was like, well, it's a great opportunity to just go do something on my own. And so I, I started recording my first solo album in 2008. And during that time, some of the original guys got back together and were like, Hey, we want to start playing again. And I was, you know, I was already kind of in the middle of doing my own thing. So mm-hmm. I decided, I mean, it's a little more complex than that, but um, you know, without bumming anybody out, I, we just decided to, to kind of, I was like, you guys go do your thing as you are. So they got a different singer, mm-hmm. uh, it's got Justin Fox, who's mm-hmm. got a great voice, sounds great. And so he's been singing and they've done an album. I think they did an album in 2018 or 2019. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, something like that. Uh, good album though. Sounds great. I mean, to my ear, of course, it doesn't sound like Gishwala, but it sounds like a great band. Okay. <laughs> right. but, uh, you know, it's just a little weird. It's, you know, one thing you notice is it has nothing to do with me personally, but it's, you know, the singer is the hardest person to replace. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that the hardest, the second part is probably replacing the, the songwriter in the band. And so when I left, I was the voice and the main songwriter, mm-hmm. and so that, that kind of changed the dynamic a lot. But they've managed to write some great stuff, and you know, the records sound awesome. Mm. So I'm, you know, I'm power to them. That's awesome that yeah. you, you know you you say that and think that, and that's awesome. That says a lot to you. Oh, that that's kind. Yeah. Well, they're all good guys. They're all fantastic musicians. Uh, a couple of them are, are really good songwriters in their own right, which is kind of cool to see them, you know, continue on and and do that. But uh, so they, you know, and they still tour as, as Dishwalla and put out records as Dishwalla. So. Mm-hmm. Was your first solo album? Was that a beautiful end? Okay. Yep. Because there's a really good song on there that I really like. It was June Becomes July. I really yeah, love that yeah. song. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I went and recorded that in 2008, 2000. It came out in 2009. Okay. And I toured on it a little bit. and uh, But I had some pretty amazing guys join me on the album. I had um, 
Kenny Aronoff on drums. Oh, wow. Yeah, Nick Kenny played everything. I mean, he was the original drummer in John Cougar. Yes, That's he was. He came from yeah, he plays on everything. Yeah, he's a big studio musician right now, I believe. Yeah, big touring drummer, big studio guy. Um, and then I had uh, Phil X play guitar, who plays Bon Jovi right now. Wow. Phil's amazing. And then uh, Rusty Anderson play guitar as well, and he plays with Paul McCartney. Oh, wow. So I know I just had these like ridiculous months, and then Chris Cheney <laughs> was playing bass, and you know Chris plays with the Foo Fighters often. He fills in, and quite a few other big. I think he was the bass player for a lot of small set and James Addiction. Oh wow! As well, okay. Was that your first touring band for your first album? I wish they were my touring band. No, they were just they they went into the studio with me. Okay. So did you tour under that first album? Yeah, I did. Not not too long. I, okay. I probably did about six months or so. Do you normally tour with different musicians, or do you do solo stuff a lot, or you know a little bit of both? Yeah, a little bit of both. I have a band of guys that I've been playing with for probably ten years until COVID. I was probably doing you know two or three months a year mm-hmm. as a full band. You know, whenever and wherever states, Canada, Asia, South America. You know, we, we definitely covered some territory. And then since COVID, though, I started doing more solo stuff because, you know, they closed all the venues, mm-hmm. no place to play. So I started doing private events. A friend of mine, who's a singer, in the, um, Brian Vanderark, who's a singer in the Verve Pipe, he, he oh, suggested wow. doing that. Because uh, Brian's been doing that for a while, and he does great. Um, it seemed a bit odd at first, but that's been a blast. So I've, you know, gosh, I think since COVID, I've done about 130 of those private solo shows it's been good it's been really really cool i mean and i do play occasionally i do public shows just just as a solo artist and you play you you play with a full band or just acoustic like a Uh, a little bit of both so like last year i probably did three months with a full band and then i did another three months just solo okay so what are some of your favorite songs you like to do live whether it's your own stuff or dishwallace yeah i mean it's like i try to pick out of you know half the night is probably Dish Wallace songs that I wrote, and then half and you know and a quarter of the night is probably you know new solo stuff, and a quarter mm-hmm. of the night is playing a, a cover here or there that I that I really dig. Now um, that you but, say that, I like your cover. Album. Yes, it's awesome, especially oh. the U two cover. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, which I do play live, both solo oh. as well as with a full band. I'll, I'll cover the. That's I'll awesome. Cover yes, that. yeah, that's a great album. You do a great job. Oh, yes. thank you. Thank you guys. I totally appreciate that. You guys are making my day. <laughs> you got any new stuff you're working on right now? Yes, I'm working on my fifth solo album. So it'll be my tenth album that I've done. Okay. Yeah, and I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of in a. Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm kind of mixing in the mixing point. I'm hoping to have it out by either end of this year or beginning of next year. Awesome. So I'm pretty, pretty far along on it. Though. Now, do you yeah. work with an independent label, or I am a hundred percent independent artist now. Okay. Yeah. So, no, no yeah. label at all. I don't. I mean, I don't even work with a manager. It's just me. Okay. Um, I do. I do everything myself nowadays. In fact, these days, I'm pretty much. You know, I'm producing all my own albums. Like on this this one, I'm playing on probably eighty percent of it. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's crazy. I, I'm. I was kind of forced to do a lot of stuff that I don't normally do just because of COVID. So mm-hmm. with all the, you know, not only venues were closed, but all the recording studios were closed. So I have a recording studio in my house, but then I ended up deciding to, instead of investing in 
going to a studio, I decided to invest because I couldn't. I decided I put more money into my own studio so I can pretty much track anything right. okay. at my house now. Awesome. Um, and so I did. I, I mean, I'm playing everything from drums to all the bass, guitars, everything on some of the songs. Um, as things have loosened up, I've started to have the guys who play in my band um, play on some of the, some of the stuff, too, which is great. So when the album comes out, are you, are you going to plan a tour? Or I, I mean, I hope so. That's that's definitely the you know in the ideal world. That's definitely where I would yeah. go. I mean, you know, these days, you know, being an independent artist, so much of it is really just kind of looking at the economics of the mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. and and uh, you know, as long as I can afford to keep the lights on, I'll, I'll keep playing. Heck awesome, yeah. awesome. And it probably helps you can yeah. put your music on like Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music. You can get that out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm working all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, every, all my solo stuff is available on all those formats. And, of course, all the dish wallet stuff's out there, too. So, you know, gosh, man, I'm in my 50s now, just plugging away. <laughs> I'm getting closer. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting there, too. I'm getting there, too. <laughs> it's okay. Just so you guys know, it's all good. Okay. It. We'll take your all word right. for it, Dale. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. hope. No, you can, no, no, you're all right. You can still act like you're plenty. Mm. Totally fine. We're going to try. Good. Yeah, I try to do that. <laughs> Okay, Jerry, I got a few more questions here for you. Sure. If you could open up for any band, who would it be? Do they have to be living? No. Oh, man. Um, I'd love to open up for Queen. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, you, totally. you got some pipes, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Freddie might be like, hey, bro, you want to come up and uh, do something? <laughs> right, <way?"> right. <laughs> Get old Brian May there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Who yeah. are some of your main influences? Gosh, well, I mean, you know, probably sounds pretty trite and obvious, but I obviously say the Beatles. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, but I, you know, I grew up with, you know, learning a lot of jazz and blues. So like old Thelonious Monk and Oscar Peterson and that kind of stuff I was really into as a kid. Okay. But um, I'm trying to think, you know, a lot of singer-songwriters from the 70s. My dad was always, you know, schooling me on and saying, you know, you got to, yeah, if you're going to play music, you got to learn how to write a proper song. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. right. So, you know, I mean, yeah, everything from a lot of good old, you know, a lot of great country writers to, you know, James Taylor and Elton John. I mean, you, I don't know if you, you name it. But then, of course, I, you know, I, like I got into Queen and mm-hmm. got into the rock thing for a while. I, I don't know, man. I, my, I, I don't really have any true favorites. I was really into the techno thing for a while. And, you know, I really I got into a lot of crazy stuff. Um, and it, it all kind of came out in the Dishwalla days, you know, of all these different uh, experiences I had musically. I'm trying to figure out how to fit all these different genres into a song. Right. Um, sure. JR, I'm a huge 80s hair guy. So do you like any of those yeah. bands at like all? 80s, or? 90s metal hair bands? Yeah. Do you like any of those guys at all? Like Poison? Cinderella or Warren or... I mean, I did. I mean, I, I like the guys with the big voices, stuff like that. So, right. you know, I mean, it wasn't like I had a hard time taking it seriously just because it was always about partying and having a good time, right. which, is, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But, <laughs> right. Um, right. you know, but I wasn't really into writing songs about that. You know, I, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. But I mean, I like, you know, a lot of ridiculous stuff when I was a kid, though, <laughs> in hindsight that I, I probably wouldn't listen to nowadays. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and I, I, I wasn't really into putting makeup on which was like a weird thing too, well, right, you know, right. cause there's a lot of hairspray and stuff like that. But it was a thing. Cause all of my bros were totally into it. Like they're like, <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm going to go see Rat tonight. Let's, let's do this. And I was like, okay, right. I can see some Rat. Sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we always um, got to ask that. Yeah. Because we, we love that uh, stuff. We're big fans of that kind well, of music. Yeah, well, I mean, those guys are, you know, and those guys are all such characters. I was working with Bobby Dahl from Poison on a project. Oh, wow. And he's just hilarious. And, and he's, a, he's a badass bass player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, you go to a lot of, cause, God, we did some stuff where Motley Crue was playing, and it's just crazy, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah, they have the look, but yeah. you sit down and listen to the music, it's, it's like actually really good. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. People no, overlook that. Really good songs and good hooks, and, you know, I mean, yeah. every rose has a thorn. I mean, come on. That's yeah. like yeah, classic. That's amazing. That's amazing song. Yep. And uh, you know, even the Guns N' Roses thing too. I was like, wow, you know. And and uh, just because I, I would always hear what Axel was up to, just because we, we had the same teacher. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, in Los Angeles, and you know, those guys just blew up so massively. It's just crazy. Yeah. 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 So huge appreciation for all of that kind of stuff, sure. man. And I, I also like the big rock shows too, all the pyro and the great mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate for that kind of stuff as well. Now, did you guys ever play with any of those bands? You know, not really because our genres just didn't really fit. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, some of us were being played on some of the more traditional rock stations. I think we would we'd both be being played on. So occasionally there might be a festival where we would play with a you know, a Motley Crue or a Poison or something like that, they'd be on the same bill. Mm-hmm. But we'd never be paired up as a tour. Okay. Right. We were just a little too far apart in, in time. I know there's some really weird mashups, like at Lollapalooza, they had Jane's Addiction, then you had Metallica. I mean, it was all yeah. over the place. Exactly. I know. And sometimes it's totally fine, and sometimes it's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you go to countries and it's it's amazing who you get paired up with like you know i was telling you like we were paired up with corn one night and i was like that's crazy we're gonna be out there totally fine you know the, the kids in the pit were just as happy you know with, with as long as you were loud and, and yeah. playing fast enough they were so, so well, i gotta say o- overseas is totally different yes than it in is the states i mean they they just appreciate music over here it's kind of more yeah, I don't trendy know, tr- yeah a trend yeah, they, they tend to put things more in different categories in the States, you know, and, and uh, yeah, you go to Europe, or you go to South America, or even Asia, and it's kind of any band that's popular can play with any other band that's popular, too, right. which is cool, and yeah. it was, it's weird at first, because you're, you're like, we're going on after Cher, this is kind of weird, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> totally fine. Uh, JR, have you ever heard of Frontier Records? They actually sign a lot of the old artists, and I guess it's, you know, they got a pretty big catalog of bands on there i have yeah i have i i just hadn't you know haven't thought to reach out i mean it's these days it's interesting you don't have to be signed to a label in order to get your music out there right, right. and and often and i tell this to a lot of younger artists you know do your thing is you, you can you know obviously anybody can record a song and get it on itunes or Spotify and it's in 180 countries in mm-hmm. days but you know and you can do very well on your own using all right. of these platforms right. that, these days and if you do well enough at some point a label is going to probably come knocking on your door and then you have to make that decision to decide are they actually going to help my career in that way because i know for a fact that sometimes these labels will come in and you might sell more records but you end up making a lot less money and having right. a lot less control right career. Yeah. and a lot of people don't understand that yeah. you, 
you know, back in the eighties or even early nineties, it was exciting to get signed. Yeah, and get your record out there. And yeah, you just didn't know really what was going on. It's just like they're taking most of your money. Yeah, they're greedy. They're taking all of it. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I said <Yeah>. most. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah, so things things have changed a bit, but see, back back then, you, you know, because it was o- you were only selling physical products. There, there was no you know downloads, no streaming, and you you had to sign to a major label if you wanted to get your album in stores around the country or the world. There was no other way of doing it. Right. So you know you were kind of beholden to them to sign whatever deal they put in front of your face, and you know ninety nine percent of the time they were pretty crap deals, and that's mm. just the way that it was. Yeah, yeah, that uh, sucks. But you know, it, it's like when you're 20 and you, you know you sign it, like you said, man. It's like you sign a deal. You're like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like your dream. I mean, that, I mean, that's yeah. what you strive to do yeah. back then. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you just didn't realize the inner workings yeah. of the greedy corporation mm-hmm. just kind of suck you dry. Yeah, unfortunately. So you know, I've seen a lot of really talented people stop making music mm-hmm. just because of. You know, the industry is just really tough like that, and it's been so hard on some people. They're just like, screw it, I'm going to go back, and I can make more money, you know, being a plumber or electrician or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, so they, so they do, and power to them. But sadly, a tremendous amount of great music that none of us will ever hear right. because of that. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. That part's heartbreaking. But, mm. you know. Me and the schmutz used to be musicians, and then we had to move on to get day jobs. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I've managed to not get a real job yet, so I, I'm, I'm hanging in there by the skin of my teeth. So keep hanging on. Yeah, keep hanging on there. <laughs> keep hanging on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have a Patreon or anything? Or yes, thank you for asking. I do. I do have a Patreon. It's just Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Jr. Richards. I think. Okay, um, I want to check that out. Yeah, what can we expect to see on your page? So that Patreon is cool i'm constantly on there just doing updates you know whether i'm on tour or i'm working on the record I'm, i release a lot of uh music before it's fine before it's finished stuff that you can't get anywhere else you know a lot of old demos both dishwala and myself and you know old stories um i do skype chats with guys, other singers and other bands that i you know friends with toured with and mm-hmm. anybody who really wants to go deeper into what i do musically as well as life-wise Oh, and then in addition, because my, my wife is more of a rock star than I am, and she's an artist and sculptor, and she's cool and she's wow. gorgeous, and so wow. and so we we do a lot of stuff together on Patreon as well. So it's not just just about me because I think that'd be kind of boring. But my wife is big part. My wife Min. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Too, so. Awesome. Yeah, good thing. Wish my Enjoy. wife would do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I had a wife. No. <laughs> <laughs> She loved me. <laughs> Damn it. What, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm having a good time. <laughs> that, that's important. <laughs> and I know, yeah, because we're both artists, and that's how we make our living, you know. And then, okay. And we have we have four boys. Uh, we we live in the UK right now. My wife is British, and yeah, I mean, you know, life is good. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm awesome. Not Glad to hear playing. that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> So finally, what's next for J.R. Richards? Yeah, so it's going to be, you know, finishing this, uh, this fifth solo album. 
I'm getting, you know, kind of on the tail end of finishing. And that's my next thing, and I'll be doing some touring. And, and uh, you know, and I'm, I think the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to do, a, and this is maybe seem kind of crazy, but I'm going to do a relaxation album. Ooh. Okay. So totally something different. Yeah, I mean. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Sky's the limit, absolutely. <laughs> so, do you plan yeah. to tour here in the States a little bit, too? I, I will, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be in the States doing private shows. I've just been home for a few weeks. I was just in the States for a month. And um, I'll be there mid, mid-November to mid-December doing uh, another four weeks of shows. Hmm. And then I'll be, I'll be back home for Christmas. And then I think next year I go to Philippines. I do a tour in the Philippines, full band thing. And then and hopefully I'll be back in the States and Canada, you know, touring to support the this newest album that I will have just put out. Well, if, if you do that, I just bought a building. So I'm going to start doing concerts and, uh, I would love to get a hold of you and have you. Play. Well, you've got, yep. you got my number. So yes, we do. Yep. Definitely I will reach- definitely get a hold of you when we're open. We're planning early summer. So next year. Right on, man. That is so cool. Thank you. Uh, right on. Yeah. That would be awesome. I have to stay in touch for that. For sure. Absolutely. Man, we hope get you over here in Indiana there, JR. Yeah. Oh, let's do this, man. Let's Heck go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I got the rock horns up right now. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. We'd like to thank JR for coming on here. Absolutely. We, thank you so we much. We appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I equally appreciate it. Definitely. So thank you. We wish you luck on your new album coming out too. Absolutely. So we'll be checking that oh, out once you release it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll, I'll get it out there and try to let everybody know. So mm-hmm. look for it. So we'll keep an ear out. All heck right. Yeah. Thank you, JR. And... I'd like to thank Spotify and Podbean for putting up with our crap every single week. <laughs> and what Nikki Lane says, <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too old. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Keep rocking out there, everyone.